Hello, everyone. This is Burn Beauty 2018, and I am here, um, obviously not ready doing my makeup, but I'm talking to a friend of mine um, from Uganda who is both an acid attack survivor and an activist. She works every day. I watch her work every day to help other survivors to get them the care they need because it's not the same is in um, the States or, or other countries. And um, she's a wonderful, wonderful advocate for acid attack and burn survivors. Rudoha, or should I call you Kurungi? Kurungi. Kurungi. <laughs> I tried y'all. So y'all are gonna get a double dip of live. You're gonna get to see me do my makeup because I can't have Karunji look that pretty while I'm looking like this. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about her story. So um, Karunji, could you please tell me um, your story of survival? What happened? Thanks so much, Tonya, for the for this great opportunity of giving me to share my story with the rest of the world. Firstly, like you've said, I'm Kirungi Lynette. Many people know me as Ruboha. I'm an acid attack survivor from Uganda. I was burnt, uh, they're now 10 years back. I was burnt in 2012 when I was a young girl. I was just making 19 years. I was in my first, I was just making 20 years. I was in my first year at the university in Makerere, Uganda. Of course, the as that uh, incident came as a result of, um, it was kind of uh, like I, I, I rejected the marriage proposal. I, I was, uh, of course, a young girl. And of course, you know, like any other young girl, I was in a relationship, which I thought was going to be the best kind of it. And I thought that this was going to be my my best person, like my best half, yes. thinking he would, we would make it in life as a married couple. But things started to worsen. I remember things started to worsen when I was in my, like in, in my A-level vacation. That is the time I was started to get more time to spend to get to know more about the boyfriend I had. I kept now I started realizing that he was having the kind the controlling behaviors which I could not tolerate. Of course, time went on, like you know, like in any other kind of relationship where you keep thinking things will work out, things will work out, you try to work out something and things still failed. I had friends who kept on saying, maybe you're still young, but keep trying. When I came to the university, I, I think it was before I coming to the university, I first got a, a job. Like, you know, when you've just finished, you're in, when you've just, when you're in your vacation, you're trying to earn something that will help you to survive at the university. So yes. when I got a job, I told him, like, I've got a job and I'm going to start working. He told me, Lynette, I can't allow you to work. I can't allow you to work in that company because it is a male-dominated company. Then I told him, yes, it's a male-dominated company, but where have you? Where will I find a company which is only for women? And then I told right. him, if at all there is one and you're willing to get me a job there, 
it is fine. I'll work there because what I'm looking at right now is like getting something that will help Mom. me out when I I went to the when I go to the university. Of course, he was not able to get the job. Then uh, I could not lose the opportunity that I had in my hands and keep waiting for something I'm not sure of. So I went and joined uh, the company. I started working. I remember the first day I joined work. He started taking, I don't know where he got the contacts of the people I was working with. He started texting them that this is Lynette. Lynette is my wife. Don't tamper with her. I will do anything. She's my wife. You know, this is your first day you've reported for work and everyone is looking for Lynette. Where is Lynette? Where is Lynette? We are receiving messages. Who is this person sending us messages? We don't know Lynette. And this person is telling us Lynette is his wife. But even we don't know Lynette. So know. I really started now feeling as if like I was not myself. So I remember, yeah, I talked to him. I told him, you know what? I think you need to stop this kind of behavior. What you're doing is not right sending people messages that I'm your wife when even these people are not aware of who is Lynette. I think that is not, that it's like being insane. So later on, when I joined the university, now remember now I started to see his true colors. When I joined the university, he had, uh, he had rented a house of two rooms. He, he was expecting me to join him in his room and we get like, we become like married, a married couple. But I remember when I joined the university, my focus was on books. I really wanted first focus on my education career than anything else. So I told him uh, I'm going for I'm I'm going to be staying in a hostel while be like commuting to going to the university. This is something that really made him annoyed. He said, Lynette, I want us to start staying together. I want us to get married. I told him. I'm not ready for marriage because I'm, I've just come to the university to study. I need first focus on books, then maybe other things will come later. Mm -hmm. Later on, now he started suggesting that if I told I'm not really like if I'm not willing to join him, at least I can't join the. I start staying with his parents, and of course I told him there's no way I can start staying with your parents or you when my parents are not aware. Because I've, my parents are where they like my parents have sent me here for studies. Now I can't leave my place and join you when they are not aware that I'm, I'm with you. Of course, I, I had to come up with a condition. I told him, if you really feel you're okay for us to get married, go and meet my parents. Let my parents be aware that I'm with someone. I'm not alone. If once they get to know that I'm with someone, they it will mean that you're the person who is responsible in case of anything. They know where to start from. Right. Of course, he was not able, like he could not do that. He failed and uh, he could not meet my parents. So I told him, there is no way I'm going to get married to a man when my parents are, are not aware and there are the same people paying my school fees, my tuition. Yeah. And of course, I told him if at all we get married, it will mean you're the one to cater for my tuition. My parents are not going to pay to pay my tuition when I'm in your home. So I see now he started saying I was trying to create more excuses, just excuses of like, trying to like, trying to avoid him. Then I told him it's not like avoiding you. If you want to prove it, meet my parents. Then I'll also right. be able comfortable. I'll comfortably move to your home. Right. When he failed that, 
I remember I was doing my exams. He followed me up to the university. He started now following me up. He called me and was like, Lynette, we need to meet and talk. I told him, there's, uh, I'm going, I have an examination, so I can't meet you. So when I told him about the paper, that I had a paper, table, checked everything, and he realized that I didn't have a paper on that day, but I, have, I had a paper the next day. So when I, surprisingly, when I was moving to the university, I met him. <laughs> When I met him, he said, Lynette, why did you deceive me that you have a paper? I told him, of course, it's not like I have a paper, but having a paper tomorrow, it's like I have a paper because I need to prepare for my examinations. Right. There is no way I can now focus on other things when it is time for examination. Of course, now he, I, I saw him trying to slap me. He raised his hand to slap me. When he raised his hand, I just grabbed the hand. I told him, you know what, I think let's end this kind of nonsense. It's like nonsense because now we are no longer in, a, in a, a peaceful relationship. If you can manage to raise your hand at me, to beat me up, it means you're capable of doing many more things. Then I told him, we are just dating. We are not yet married. But you feel, you're even, you feel like even now you can even slap me for something i even don't know i told him you know what i've not seen my parents slapping me i've never been slapped by most of my even my elder sisters so i don't think i don't expect a man like a, a true man to slap a woman no because it is now you it will mean you're a violent man so i cannot accept to go with a violent man so when i told him that i later on said i think let's end the relationship I told him, me and you, it is over. Let's end this. I told him, if we are, you're capable of doing this, it means where we are heading, it's like we are heading in we are heading to hell. We are not going anywhere. This is not a, a, a relationship that is going to yield good, like a good fruit. Right. So now when I told him it is over, he said, Lynette, I will not allow you to go free. Allow. He said, I will not even allow any man to take you away from me. You're my wife. I will not, I will not allow you to leave me alone. So, of course, I, came, I, I, thought, I started thinking that maybe he was just annoyed. That's why he was saying all this. He said, if it means killing you or killing any person coming between me and you, I will do that. But I will not allow any man to take you away from me. And I will not allow you to move away from me. So me, inside me, I didn't know that this was serious, something serious. Of course, this was now like a red flag, but I didn't. I just took it for granted. Right. I remember when I went to the hostel, he followed me up. And when he followed me up, of course, he told my friends how he wanted to talk to me, but I could not. I switched off my phones. I tried to avoid him. Then early in the morning, around the stake five, he started calling me, asking for my plans for the next day, for the entire day. That's when I told him that I was going to go for a paper. I had a paper early in the morning, uh, in the evening, but I wanted to go early in the morning for my examination. Right. So I didn't know that I was telling this person about my program for the next day, and this right. person was already was also planning on how to finish my life so he i remember he called me four times asking the same question what time are you going to the university and me i was like openly like replying him without knowing that there was something that was going on 
So I remember the last call, I was moving out of the gate. Then it was like, have you already set off? I told him, no, I'm just leaving the hostel. So I remember when I started moving immediately, I started feeling like footsteps as if there was someone following us. I told my colleagues, there's someone following us, but we could not see any person. We continued moving and inside me I was feeling it that there was someone following us. I tried to look everywhere, I could not see this person behind or anywhere. Because it was a bit dark, it was around 6.30 a.m. So when we proceeded moving, my friends now left me behind. I reached somewhere and I had it inside me. I said, I think I really need to find out who is this person following us. But I could not see any person. Until when I had like a voice, I, I think you've ever moved and you feel like there's someone talking to you. I Hello. got a voice and the voice was telling me, look behind. I tried to look everywhere, I could not see any person. I remember when after like trying to turn to start moving, the person was already ahead of me, carrying a blue bucket, the blue bucket like the ones we normally use when you are showering. So I saw the person immediately, like, I did this, like when I, I, I still had another voice telling me, look behind. Yes. So when I turned, I, I didn't even turn behind, I just like, I just like, did this. So this person, I saw the bucket and I saw the person. He just poured all the content. And after pouring the content, but the good thing I had already turned my head like this. So that's how it's my bad. face survived because I had turned the face already. So when this person poured acid, I saw the person running, but I didn't know it was acid immediately. I thought it was urine. I remember I called my friends. I was like, you people that have poured urine on me, please come back. So when by the time they reached where I was, I was already naked. I was nothing. I had nothing on my body. I only had that trouser down, but I was already half naked. And this people were like, but that is not in it. Because with acid, when it burns you, the entire body becomes black, as like as black as charcoal. So I was just black at the entire body. So all these people are like, no, that is not linnet. Until I, of course, I stayed on the main road looking for help. There was no one to help. It was early in the morning. And when like people were just bypassing. Later on, I had some lady, a lady came out and she was like, you people help this lady. She's going to die from here. They didn't help you. Then these people were like, how can we help her? We don't know what to do. Then this lady told them, if you have water, yeah. They didn't know how even to help. So this lady told these people, if you have water, even if it's dirty water, just pour it on her. If not, she's going to die. Oh, I lost your picture. Are you there? So there she told them she's going to die if you don't pour water on her. What? Yeah. So she told them if you don't pour water, yes, I'm here. Okay. You came back. I can feel. Yeah. That. So I now another man was around. He said, "Just come, I pour water on you." The man poured water on me. After pouring water, all my hair caught fire, because yeah. My it's hair caught fire, and that's how this part uh, was damaged. It so when fire. the hair caught fire, the man said, young lady, don't cause me trouble. He stopped now pouring water. Remember? It, 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 your hair caught fire when the water... Yeah, my hair caught fire. I had a lot, I had a wave, I, I, like a wave. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, after the man the pouring water, my hair caught fire. 
So when it caught fire, the man was like, please, you're going to cause me trouble. Just go. So he chased me away. When he chased me away, now I had nowhere to go. I remember now the pain was too much. I went in the middle of the road. I remember inside was like, I think it's the end of everything. Let me just go in the middle of the road. At least if I can die, that is the best solution. When I went in the middle of the road, it was uh, the first vehicle that came was a convoy that was a member of parliament, a member of parliament, a minister who was passing by, and he had a convoy with bodyguards. So these people moved out and they were like, "Young lady, what are you doing in the main? In what are you doing in the middle of the road? Do you want us to cause? Do, do you want us to knock you down?" I just looked at them, but they later on saw me crying, and then they took. They I was like, "You people, help me and take me to the hospital." They said there's no way we can take you to the hospital. You you have acid flowing. So they took me to their boss, and their boss was like, young lady, I would wish to help you, but that is acid. If I put you in my vehicle, the entire the entire vehicle will get burnt. If I try to do anything, everything is going to get burnt. There's no way we can help you. So I was left on the main road. They left, and I was left on the main road. I stayed there for like two hours without any other help until when I was helped, then they took me to the hospital. Of course, in the hospital, the first aid was water. They had to pour a plant of water for almost a full day. I was in a water room. And after that, of course, uh, that's when I was taken, of course, to the emergency. My parents now came, my, my relatives started coming around. I remember when my friends called my mom, she fainted and she was like, no, it can't be in it. Who poured Aston? She could not believe it. She fainted. And now when dad also came, it was the same thing that happened to dad. So later on, of course, I was taken to the Burns unit. That is Mlago Hospital where I stayed for one year. I had around six surgeries and other uncompleted surgeries, like other incompleted surgeries, because like you can see, the ear was supposed to be worked on, but I could not work on it. Yeah. The neck was supposed to be worked on, they could not work on it. And uh, yeah. of course I have a contracture that uh, pulls the neck. Uh, so yes. I have to sleep on one side. Yeah. So in most cases, the, the neck pains, so I have to put in a, a neck collar to position the neck because uh, when I was in hospital, the neck had joined with the, the chin, the, 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 the whatever. It was joined like this. So the neck was right. released. But like when it, when they released it, it was not put in its proper, proper position. So it keeps on paining, which, yeah, which forces me to keep it in the neck collar. Like but of course, that, that didn't... Yeah. Stop me from uh, pursuing my career and from achieving my yes. dreams. Yeah. I remember when I was in hospital, we were, I uh, I think I was the only lucky woman who had remained with sight. Yes, Wait, because by, when I was in hospital, I, I could not see for the two, for the first two months, my eyes were closed. But later on, the doctors worked on them and uh, my eyes were able to open. Sorry, sorry. So after so the two years, <laughs> my my eyes were able to open. I remember time reached and I told my mother, you know what? I think I need to go back to school. 
Of course, my mother was already scared. I wanted to go back for my studies, to go and yes. study. <laughs> so she was a bit scared. How am I going to start a life again? How am I going to study? How is life going to be like? And then everything was like new. Everything was new. So I went back, of course, to the university. I tried all my best and I graduated. I graduated. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so I managed to graduate with a, with a degree in social sciences. But of course, inside me, my passion was to work with band survivors. Yes, I understand. Are you seeing me? Uh huh. I see you. Are you, you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you see me? Yes. Hello. 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 Can you see me? Hello. Hello. Don't stop. Don't hang up. Hold on. Are you there? Let me, uh, everybody watching, just know that Karungi is in Uganda and we're doing our absolute best to get this through to you. So bear with me a little bit, okay? This is a wonderful story. Uh. Can you see me? Okay, everyone, I lost Karungi for a moment, but hopefully she will be back in just a moment, okay? Let me get her set back up.